Well. Hey, man, what's news? What's the news? No, the just, news is just like what's what's I'm not drinking booze in a little while. Uh, oh, is this this is just maybe potentially taking a very sudden, serious, and personal turn? Are you like? No, no, I was just looking for a rhyme. It's, oh, okay. I, I go I go long stints without drinking alcohol. You know that. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if like you know if the neighbor calls the cops one more time. It's like you know. <laughs> I didn't know no. what the, you know. No. You got that a was little, the first rhyme that came to mind. Got a little electronic anklet mm. on your ankle that, you know, yeah. goes off if you leave the property. Like, what's, you know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, no, I, we're not, no serious business. Just, just uh, yeah, just looking for a rhyme to help with this chit-chat introduction to our podcast well it's because you're 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 allowing your liver time to recuperate before i come home for the holidays is, is yeah, ultimately, apparently <laughs> you know yeah ultimately what that is but uh hello and welcome to the movie man podcast yeah the b team yeah i'm brady and that's brady <laughs> <laughs> i'm carl what just happened <laughs> yeah i took control is what happened <laughs> I saw a part of my life that was causing me stress, and I, I, I took you threw charge. A wrench. You threw a wrench in the works, yeah. and everything's imploding. We're all doomed. I've been waiting to do that for like four days. <laughs> uh, I've literally got nothing else prepared. That was the whole, all of my All right, my and uh, so Patreon, merch, subscribe, comment. See you next week. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, we're here to, to talk about the news. Um, as happens every week, some things in Hollywood have gone down. Um, I don't like saying things in Hollywood because that makes it sound like, you know, oh, so-and-so's moved in with so-and-so or they were like seen on the beach together by paparazzi. No, it's like things in the world of movies and movie news and... Yep. It's not, this isn't gossip. It's no, we're not TMZ. Well, there's, there's some, some happens. Um, there's some unsubstantiated rumors that we might talk about. Today's a good day for that, I think, looking at the, the cliff notes. Yeah. But, uh, but it's not like, it's not rumors and gossip. It's, yeah. It's not like diving into celebrities' personal lives, you know. Yeah. We just don't care. Um, so, without we further about, ado. We care about non-fictional non-fiction, worlds, not real worlds. We care about news that <laughs> impacts the movies that we're going to watch. Yeah, that impacts our fictional worlds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, let's just get right into it. Now, Disney being the conglomerate monopolizer that they are, having bought Fox... And Marvel and Star All Wars hell and Pixar. the mousy overlord. Yeah. Um, there, so we were recently talking about how Big Papa Iger has been brought back and and handed the scepter and the the throne and the crown and said, here, fix this. <laughs> like, correct this ship that is in a lot of trouble. Um, and reports have come out that suggest that one of the things that might be on the horizon for Disney and and Bob Iger is the potential purchase of Netflix. Yeah, I read this in the cliff notes and I 
all I could think to my, the first thought that came to mind was good. One less subscription I have to pay for. Well, no. So here's the thing. I don't <laughs> There's think, more to it than that. Yeah. When you start thinking about it. But that was my very first reaction. Netflix One itself. One less subscription I need to pay for. Yeah. Netflix itself, I don't think would disappear. I don't think Netflix would just become a section on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think Netflix would remain intact as its own service for oh, one simple know. reason. For one simple reason. Even though Netflix in recent years has seen some subscription, subscription drop off and have been in some financial trouble at times, when you're talking about streaming services, the OG, the granddaddy, the, the, well, the one who started it the all. brand recognition name is Netflix. They've, Netflix has almost reached right. that point where, you know, you may be, regardless of what search engine you're about to use on the internet, ah, you're going to Google it. Google, Google it yeah. has just become, you know, and so, oh, it's, you know, I'm going to Netflix and chill might not actually mean Netflix. No one says, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to Hulu and chill. I'm going to. I'm in a Discovery Plus Amazon and chill. Prime and and chill. Yeah, no, it's it's Netflix and chill. It's just become synonymous with streaming. So I think it would be foolish for Netflix or for Disney if they did purchase Netflix to do away with that name, um, mm. just because it's 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 too yeah. iconic. Yes, so I, I've taken some college level business courses from. At Conestoga, which when I went was like the top business college in Ontario. Um, I don't know if it still is. It'd be cool if it was. Anyway, one of the courses I took, uh, when it, we dove into the subject of like corporates takeovers and when one business buys another one, what, how, what are like the pros and cons and what, what do some businesses do? What are like the models that different that they can follow and like one of the models is you just kind of take over your your brand gets splattered all over whatever their brand brand is and they cease to exist kind of the way target did to zellers right zellers overnight ceased to exist everything was target the second way is what you're suggesting is you buy out the company but you don't change anything because there's the brand recognition. Right. That being said, I agree that Disney, like Netflix has that OG brand recognition, Netflix and chill, but Disney is Disney. Disney's got way more brand recognition than, than uh, Netflix does in my opinion. Oh, agreed. They both have lots. Uh, but like Disney's already got the star, like the, the channel stars on, under the Disney plus, which model for our American listeners is a Canadian thing. Um, so in Canada, we don't have Hulu, um, and all of our, um, all of our Hulu shows properties show up on our Disney Plus as, you know, across the top, you've got like Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Disney, stuff like that. Well, we have another one that says Star, and that's kind of where a yeah. lot of um, Disney's more adult content yeah. has landed. So 
Like I could, I could just as easily say, see Disney going, we're, we're, we got more brand recognition than Netflix does slap it on Disney plus under its own heading. Just the way they did with stars or Hulu yeah. and stuff like that. The only reason so I can it could, s- they could go either way. I agree with you, but I think, I think the smart play is to, to bundle them together some form financially, yeah. whether they're, they remain separate and you get your two accounts for one price uh, at a cheaper rate or whatever it is like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just like the idea of not having another sub- like subscription models for everything <laughs> these days have gotten way at like you can get a subscription model for you, you uh, for razors, your, your household products. And yeah, like it's it's gotten out of hand. It's ridiculous. The one some things it makes sense for, some things it's just oh, it just the one thing I will say leeches money out of people's accounts, and it's like it's it's almost <clears throat> financially worse than playing the lottery because mm-hmm. you end up paying for the subscription, and then if you stop using it you stop using the product or the service, but you forget to cancel, you're, you're literally flushing money down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing so, I will say, the reason I, I don't see them amalgamating is if I fire up, I just pulled up Netflix here. So one of the things that Bob Chapek did um, when he took over and, and – one of the things that he did to Bob Iger's Netflix, Bob Iger, or not Netflix, Disney Plus. Bob Iger was the one that launched Disney Plus. And then Bob Iger, or Bob Chapek, too many Bobs. Then Chapek took over. Um, And it was under Chapek that we started to see things like Deadpool. We started to see R-rated content appear on Disney Plus. Something that I I don't think think would have happened under Bob Iger. Now, now that Bob Iger's back in 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 place, um, if I'm just scrolling down the Netflix list here, I think I think Disney is probably okay with some R-rated content on Disney Plus, but I think they want to keep it. I think they want to keep the ratio fairly small. They're going to and, move all the Marvel Netflix stuff back over to, Marvel, <laughs> to Netflix after and so moving it all to Disney. If I'm like scrolling down here and I'm looking at some of the things, just even on the home landing page of Netflix, right? You've got shows like Shameless. You've got yeah. all of the stand-up comedy stuff on there. You've got uh, new, new to Netflix, How to Build a Sex Room. These are not things that Disney... <laughs> wants or is ever going to put on on a disney branded thing the only reason there's another you mentioned that and there's another thing you could throw on there like the the netflix algorithm and like you were saying the landing like i love scrolling through netflix to look some look for something to to watch oh disney plus is a nightmare disney Disney plus is a nightmare so they can like copy and paste that over if they make the purchase. So the biggest the biggest reason why I think they would make this like everyone's like oh like you know why, so that you can get all of the subscribers from one so you can like what is the what is the benefit here? And the 
big benefit to Disney in purchasing Netflix would be logistically all of the partnerships that Netflix has. Right. right. All of their their backdoor deals and their their like it's 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 not right, even right, just right. a, you know. It so I think that's one thing. I think the other reason why you would keep Netflix as Netflix even if Disney owned it is profit. Right? So right now you pay I don't know what it, whatever it is is like 10 10 11 bucks for Disney Plus. Um Netflix being one of the more expensive ones is like 17 18 yeah, bucks now. Keep, they keep upping the price and Yeah. You ridiculous. but people will continue to pay both if Disney yeah. owns both and keep them separate. Whereas if you took the two of those, you threw them together and all of a sudden now you have a 30 35 a month subscription. Nobody's going to pay that. True. So there's just yeah. more money to be made that's, by keeping them separate. That's probably the more likely most likeliest scenario if that if the purchase goes through. Yeah. But we'll see. I uh, is all hell. I'm but, not against it. I mean, it's corporate, so that's yeah, that's I'm, what they <laughs> they're the um the the shareholders want the money the most money possible out of the deal then that's what'll happen right yeah all right so we're living in an era we're we're living if 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 the twenty twenties um and and sort of late twenty teens can be defined by anything in terms of movie going this is the era of legacy sequels this is the era of of reviving old casts bringing old television shows back we've got that 90s show coming out we saw um we saw the will and grace reboot we saw the roseanne reboot which turned into the the whatever their last name is after the 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 scandal or the not scandal the controversy with roseanne and her tweets and stuff like that but but we're living in this era where we're bringing old movies back and giving them sequels Mm-hmm. One of those revitalize, yeah. One of those that have done that did quite well, um, and I was very pleasantly surprised with. There was a couple of things I would have changed to make it sort of my ideal sequel, um, but one that surprised me quite a bit was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, um, very fun. Like I said, some things I would have changed. Um, I mean, mostly I just wanted, I like, you know, and I was very public about this. I so bad I wanted, as much as I loved the kids, um, especially Egon's granddaughter, whatever her name was, um, I thought she was incredible. Mm-hmm. But I really just wanted like a two hour, like I just wanted old man Ghostbusters. <laughs> I just wanted the original <laughs> cast for the whole thing. Yeah. I wanted, you know, because we get them right at the end and, and you've got like Bill Murray bitching about his sore back and the weight of the equipment. And I'm like, man, two hours of this would not get old. <laughs> like I just want two hours of, but it was yeah. very good. And I think one of the reasons why it was so good and it felt so true to the original spirit of it was that you had executive producing Ivan Reitman, who create who directed the first two, um, yep. who was kind of, executive producing but also sort of backseat directing hanging over the shoulder of his son the director Jason Reitman Mm -hmm. now that movie was wildly successful 
And pretty much immediately after it came out, talks began of where is it going from here? The end of this movie definitely sets up more to come, right? The Ecto comes back to the firehouse. Um, Ernie Zedmore Zedmore is there and he's like, you know, he's getting it all cleaned up and it looks like they're going to renovate the firehouse and get it up and running and get things running. Yeah. We got this new team of Ghostbusters. And then the end of the movie, we see there's something going on with the containment system. Yeah. And, and yeah, so clearly there's something there now. Um, shortly after it became public that, yeah, we're getting, we're going to keep going. They're going to do more. They're going to make more. Um, and Jason Reitman was going to direct and everything's good. And here we go until this past week when the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife has lost Jason Reitman as a director. Hmm. Now he's going to Ivan still involved. Well, Ivan passed away a couple of years ago. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he passed away. Well, I probably did at the maybe time, about a year ago. I've forgotten. Yeah. Um, so Jason is still involved as executive producer, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's important. And the guy who is now going to direct it, um, let me pull this up here. The guy who because it's not just like oh now it's without a director. We have a director. Um, and he's actually the co-writer. He wrote Ghostbusters Afterlife with Jason Reitman. Okay. So there's that, um, which hope, hopefully gives some promisingness. But if I so his name is Gil Kennan, and if I pull up his directing credits. This is when things maybe become a little worrying. So he's only got five previous directing credits. Um, starting mo- most recently and working its way back, there was the movie A Boy Called Christmas. I don't know if you saw it, um, but it wasn't very good. Was five. He- IMDb only credits him with three. Uh, well, I'm looking at his IMDb and he has five. Known for, oh, credits. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So A Boy Called TV Christmas. Credits, right. Then he did um, one episode of the Scream TV series. He directed the remake of Poltergeist, which wasn't great. He directed City of Ember, which wasn't great. Not seen. And then he did Monster House, was, was his first. And Monster House is actually quite charming, Um I like Monster House. Yeah, I do enjoy Monster House. But having said that, there's quite a bit of crap there. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. I'm A a Boy Called Christmas was good, too. Did you like it? I thought it was a dud. Yeah. I thought it was a dud. It was a little, I mean, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, well. Very whimsical and stuff like that. But it was, I thought it was fun. Okay, well, that's... That's uh, okay, um, but yeah. So uh, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see where this goes. We have to see if this is legitimately cause to be concerned, or if the fact that one of the writers from the last one is heavily involved now as the director and Jason Reitman, although doesn't want to direct. See, there's a, there's there's a there's a big difference between 
helping write it and producing it versus directing it. Right. right. When you're a director, you are overseeing absolutely everything. You're in 15 meetings a day. You're getting f- three hours of sleep a night. You're like, and this goes on for like a year and a half, two years. And I think it's understandable why Jason just doesn't want to do that. Like, I, no one, no one can blame anyone for not wanting to direct a movie. Like, it's, it's, it, right. it's, a, it's a lot of work, immensely grueling, awful process. But, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Does this concern you? Um, are you even? Were you even looking forward to another one, or were you kind of like, okay, you know what? That was a nice little follow up, a nice little bow on it. Uh, let's let's quit while we're ahead. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> I think, like many people, uh, Afterlife reinvigorated my appetite for um ghostbusters content and kind of for for somebody who grew up watching a lot of these classic movies that are now being remade or having sequels made it kind of added a little bit of trust in hollywood that yeah this can be done right especially after getting crap like the star wars disney trilogy <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking so, about that this morning because i was watching uh, i was watching an episode of of clone wars um and which so i'm i'm about halfway through season two now and yeah. um, it's weird it, season two i think is better from a story standpoint i think the stories are more interesting and feel like they carry more weight um, yeah. but I think the dialogue writing was better in season one, season one, yeah. although it, the stories didn't feel like they really mattered and it was just kind of this scattered all over the place thing. I felt like, like if I suspended my disbelief just a little bit, I felt like I was watching live action. Like it was right. very cinematic and very. You know, season two, the right, the the stories are better. The story arc is better, but something about the writing and some of the shots and some of the 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 movements of the it, characters and stuff, it feels much more like a cartoon now. Yeah, the the series as a whole kind of has some ups and downs, but it definitely has a steady progression. Like it gets better and better as the seasons go on. Like the last couple seasons are just, I think they're just a phenomenal. Um, I, I feel the same way about rebels, which I just finished watching. Like the first season of rebels, like the animation feels weird because it's like they, they use a different type of animation than clone wars. Um, but then as it goes on, the animation starts, you start to either get used to it or they get better at it. Okay. Okay. The stories back, get better. Back to Ghostbusters. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> trust, trust, Afterlife helped kind of restore some trust and in different ways and kind of having that uh, little nugget at the end that, hey, there's potential for more here. Really, like after watching Afterlife, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for more. That being said, I would only be ready for more if, and I guess in this, I have to say now, A. Reitman was involved. 
And he is. He's still the definitely reason involved. Ghostbuster Afterlife worked and the the previous reboot failed horribly is because they didn't involve Ivan. Um, so to my knowledge, I don't I think, think he was involved. Ivan was a producer in, and and the weird thing about Ghostbusters, um, uh, oh, what was that one even called? Ghostbusters, answer the call or something? Yeah, Ghostbusters, answer the call was that not only, like Ivan Reitman helped write it, um. He was a producer. He was a producer. He was also a writer. Uh, was he a writer? <laughs> no, he was not a writer. Paul Feige and Katie Dippa, Dippoiled. I'm seeing a writing credit by here, man. Paul Feige. It was written, written by Paul Feige and directed by Paul Feige. Okay, well, if Feige. I... Feige. If you pull up Ivan Reitman's... He, Ivan Reitman produced it. Okay, if you pull up his but, writing credits on IMDb... This is wiki I'm looking at. Okay. Well, <laughs> IMDb is maybe a little more credible. Um, but, <laughs> but the other thing that was crazy about it was anyway. that, like, Dan Aykroyd <clears throat> he, was such an advocate of of the female Ghostbusters movie. Like, all through the production of it and having seen it and stuff, he was, like, he was so excited about that movie and he thought fans were really going to love it. And that kind of hurt my, like... If I think about Dan Aykroyd before that movie came out versus Dan Aykroyd now and like seeing, having watched some interviews with him and stuff, Dan Aykroyd's kind of crazy. He's a little loopy. <laughs> He's a little loopy. Yep. And I never thought that some, prior. some really crazy stuff. Yeah. I never thought that prior to, to the, the female. <clears throat> I like, I knew he was always into like the occult and ghosts and, okay. and stuff like that. But Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a bit of a conflict between IMDb and um, Wiki. So, Ivan Reitman was involved. My hunch would be he wasn't that as involved as he should have been. Probably not. (laughs) Like, if you compare Answer the Call to Afterlife, these are two starkly, drastically different ghostbuster films yeah well and they're meant of, to be one's a remake yeah. and one's a like a, well the remake is just it's 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 just the whole thing is just let's set up everything's a setup for a joke there, there's nothing serious taken serious ever no they went straight comedy with it as opposed yeah, to like comedy horrible. horror. <laughs> it was so bad yeah but where or the original and afterlife was this is very serious and we will pull some funny bits out of the seriousness, but the seriousness isn't there to set up the joke. Right. Which is where, um, oh shoot, losing his name. Um, Jason Reitman. No, Ivan Reitman. Funny actor in, (laughs) I can't believe I'm losing his name. Uh, Ghostbuster, uh, funny guy. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Bill, this, which is where Bill Murray fit so nicely in there, right? Because he was kind of like he he added that comedic value in the seriousness. So yeah, I, I would my hunch, and it's all it's just a wild hunch, right? Is that 
Ivan wasn't as involved as he could have been. Like he signed, obviously he must've signed off on it or whatever, been involved somehow. But at the end of the day, he probably was kind of, no, we're not going to do that told. No, we're not going to do that. Or no, we like our idea better or something like that. That would be my guess where afterlife is just like his love letter to the fans saying, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Maybe. Before, and they wouldn't let me. So. Okay, moving on. So, anyway, that being said, there's a Reitman involved, so potential that it potential. could be really good. Yeah. Uh, back to Netflix. So, this one's super surprising to me. Netflix, if you haven't been living under a rock, you're well aware that a couple of weeks ago, Netflix launched um, their Tim Burton Adams Family show Wednesday. Now, on paper, regardless of your feelings on Tim Burton, some people love him, some people, it's just not their flavor. Um, it, on paper, a Tim Burton Adams Family project is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. If you're going to, if, if, mm-hmm. if you're searching through all the previous IPs that exist, and you're like, oh, we got to get Tim Burton to do one of these things. Adam's family, you'd be hard pressed to find something that better fits Tim Burton's style and his sensibilities and the Adam's family. Now, this was a show that I was excited for as soon as I heard that it was coming as a big Adam's family fan and a big Tim Burton fan. I was like, perfect. And it's a show. So it's not like I'm going to get one 90 minute thing and then it's gone. And then, you know, I, I get to I get to watch this over several hours. What I wasn't expecting was everyone else to be so damn excited as well. It's now come out that in the history of Netflix, Wednesday is the third most watched English show, so excluding something like Squid Game, of all time. That's on cool. Netflix the in, the hi- two, in the history of Netflix. Um, the top two are, I know one of them is season four of Stranger Things. Um, I did have it pulled up and memorized, and now I've forgotten. Um, I'll find it. But yeah, so one is, one is um, oh, here we go here. Um Stranger Things, oh, okay, yeah, of course, stupid. Um, Stranger Things season four was is number one, and two, uh, which is something that I also loved, was the, I think it was a 10-part series, um, the, the Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer the, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer story, monster. The well, Jeffrey I was Dahmer joking, story. really? <laughs> yeah, 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 the Evan Peters one, and okay. so- but still, I it, it's 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 mind blowing to me. I was saying to Brianne last night. I said, "What blows my mind about this is also I haven't seen the show yet. I've just been behind. And really? I have, yeah, I that haven't was gotten to be a, one of my questions. I know I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, which is so weird because it feels like now everybody else on the planet has seen it, and and I haven't. And someone like me who should have been first in line hasn't gotten around to it. But yeah. what I said to Brianne was on my list, but. 
I got other things I want to watch. Yeah, before. Exactly. What, but I, what I said to Brienne was, I was like, what blows my mind is this, like, mathematically, the sheer number of normies, which she laughed at. She was, you mean, what, like, normal <laughs> people? And I said, yeah. It was like, <laughs> the sheer number of normies that are watching this, that are, that are gobbling this up, is just crazy to me. Hmm. And so I don't know what it is. Like I said, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't I can't really comment on what the obvious reason for this is. Um, but I think it's bizarre. I think it's fantastic. They've already announced a season two coming. Um, so you haven't, like you said, you haven't watched it, but you are. It's on your list. Yeah, it's pretty far down my list, though. Like, it, it looks interesting. It sounds interesting, but it, I'm not... I'm not jumping all over over it, you know? Like, it's... I'll get to it eventually. So, but it, the question then becomes, does does finding out that it is the third highest streamed thing in the history of Netflix, does that move it up on your list at all? Does that pique your interest no, and go, huh? I don't, I don't care what other people want me to or think is popular <laughs> in terms of content. Like, I, I, I watch some pretty um i guess you call standard like stuff everyone else is watching like i watched stranger things and when it, as it was coming out and stuff like that but then i watched some stuff that only a fairly niche group of people will watch like i, I watched uh, recently i watched the three live action full metal alchemist right movies right um which were a lot of fun I probably not prob most people would assume would say they're not as good as the show, which I think I'd agree with, but I mean you're you're lumping whole seasons of a show down into three 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 hour <laughs> like I think the show the 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 original anime has got like probably over a hundred episodes <laughs> and you're lumping them down into to three movies so it's never going to be, it's like kind of like making a book into a movie, right? You're never going to get all this, all the content that people want and desire right. into the, into that media, into a, a short, shorter form of media. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I enjoy it. Like, so I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I follow what I, I watch. I watch what I like. I don't care okay. what other people like. That's fair. Um, so talking about remakes, remakes and, and bringing old things back and, and, revitalizing old properties. Um, and I already know, you and I haven't discussed this yet, but I already know how you're going to feel about this. <laughs> and and you already know how I'm going to feel about this because my, my philosophy is remake everything. Remake anything, it doesn't matter. Because if, if the new one comes out and it's fantastic, then great. And if the new one comes out and it's no good, then great you move on right like you you've still got your original yeah. that you know and love and it did you know it doesn't doesn't matter at all um in a recent interview it was announced not announced it was disclosed that there have been talks between drew barrymore and cameron diaz on doing a planes trains and automobiles drew barrymore wanting to play 
sort of the John Candy-esque character. Um, this is, I, I think, I think this could be fantastic. Like, I don't know. It seems like when we're talking about remakes or revisiting old properties, comedies are the ones that do the worst, in my opinion, simply because part of what makes some of these old remake or these old movies, these old comedies so good is that it was a different type of humor. And it's a humor that I resonate with more. Whereas nowadays the humor is like sex jokes and, and crassness. And it's just kind of lost its cleverness. Um, I think there's a little more to it. Like I agree, but I think there's more to it as well. You've got, you've got the synergy between the two actors in this, when we're talking about this comedy specifically, you got synergy between the two actors. You've got the a plus gold platinum tier, top tier standard comedic chops of both of these lead actors. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're trying to recreate a, diamond in a lab essentially <laughs> well <laughs> when okay when you look at something like plane trains and automobiles but, and you're trying to it, it, you're never going to get something as amazing and beautiful on once in a lifetime no and it, it doesn't need to be as good as or better than the original to still be fun and no, good but, it, but it's we just know, a waste of time we know and, that <laughs> we know that well but not if it makes money it's but it's never going to be as good though we know that Especially when the subjectively, this one still stands the test. We know that subjectively, Cameron Diaz and, and Drew Barrymore are good. Like they've both got good credits under their belt. They're we, good actors. We know yes. that they work well together. That they have synergy. If you've seen them together in Charlie's Angels, mm-hmm. right, which was a comedy action type thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like I said, I will it be better than the original? I think there's a snowball's chance in hell. Um, it doesn't mean it couldn't be. And and even if it isn't or is, that's a subjective thing anyways, right? Your neighbor might think it is, whereas you think it isn't. Like, there's no way to sort of objectively gauge that. Um, but uh, you know what? As long if they do it and they do it in a clever way, right? Like, right. so for me, I, one of the things that, like the one that comes to mind that was not a remake, but it was kind of like a comedy that we went back and, and revisited, and the new one I did not enjoy at all just because the humor was entirely different, was um, the Vacation movie, right? With yeah. Ed Helms and, or Ed Helms? No, Ed, Yeah. What's his uh, name? Yeah, the guy no, from no, the from the from the Hangover, the, um, from the Office, and yeah. And it it you know it it was very much in the same continuity as as the first one, um, because they even you know they show up and and there's there's Chevy Chase yeah, and he's, Beverly he's D'Angelo to be and Chevy Chase's son. Yeah, right. He's rusty, Recreated and so Christmas. yeah. I it just but to me it was so chocked full of like. You know, they end up swimming in a bog that's actually sewer runoff and they have like shit in their mouths. And like it just it was it was so crass and so yeah. 
2000s comedy that Low I brow, it just, easy comedy. Yeah, it just didn't work. Whereas the original was yeah. smart and funny, and and so that that would be my literally my only concern is that if if they're going to follow suit with this one and and go for the low hanging fruit in terms of laughs, then uh, then why bother? But if the two of them who we know work well together and we know are good actors, if they can. <laughs> pull something together and make it really you know really clever and really make it sing um and it's it's Drew Barrymore so at some point I don't care when how or to what capacity Adam Sandler needs to show up um <laughs> then then you know what I'm on board is it something I'm going to go out and see in the theater I highly doubt it I highly doubt it um but you know, it, we've seen that this type of thing can work. Now, not a lot of people, not everybody likes this movie, but I'm a really big fan of the Robert Downey Jr., Zach Galifianakis movie, Due Date. Which yeah, is I was just, I was going to bring this up when I, when I got a chance to talk. <laughs> yeah, which is essentially just a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles yeah. remake. And I think it works. So let me jump in here. Yeah. Let me jump in here. So, yeah, I I am fairly usually staunchly opposed to to any remake because if you want to watch planes trains and automobiles watch planes trains and automobiles don't make a new one especially especially when the thing you're trying to remake still stands the test of time and this is the like planes trains and automobiles still stands the test of time but do you think it does for a younger audience like if you're 15 now and and you don't know who like reasonably and, and you know what it's sad but well this, it, there's this a good chance that a 15 I, year I old doesn't yes. know who John Candy is or Steve Martin I would, even. I would say it does still stand the test of time um from my point of view from a certain point of view um there's a horrible Obi-Wan accent <laughs> yeah it was really bad <laughs> uh but I would say it does but my the point I'm going to drive home here is that with instead of remaking it, just watch the other one. If you want to make something, if you, instead of remaking it, and and then creating this direct uh, correlation, direct comparison, no matter what you do, you can't get away from people comparing your movie to this original that people love and adore. Instead of giving your put essentially trying to shoot for the stars like this and and make something comparable do what due date did it's it's a set, like it you said it's different. the same premise yeah but they never say we're making a planes trains and automobiles type movie they never say we're making a planes trains and automobiles remake no th- we're making a movie it's got robert downey jr it's got zach galifianakis it's going to be a funny comedy where they're traveling together and they're uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character's got to get to the hospital on time to yeah. watch one's his a, kid be born. One's a straight man, one's a goofball. Yeah, like so, like it, like it's it's almost a carbon copy of Planes, Trains, and it works beautifully. And unless somebody is forcing the comparison, like we are, you don't 
you don't automatically think of planes, trains, and automobiles when you're talking about due date. No. Because right. it's not a remake. It it's not held to that that's the standard that planes, trains, and automobiles is set. It's yep. its own movie. You've swayed me. You you have. I th- I think I I think that these two in this premise could be really really good. Um, and there's no reason not to, you know, I mean, due date, it's been over 15 years since due date came out and there's not a lot. It's not, it's, it, it's a trope that's been done, but it's not an exhausted trope. It's not like, yeah, if they were to come out with this tomorrow, we'd be like, oh, this again, how many times have we seen this? Right. So yeah, call it something different. And it, and that's what I feel like with most remakes, like, okay. The make something there's nothing new under the sun but you can make something f- kind of original and that's what they're going to try and do and they're going to you know they they're they're flipping the the leads in terms of uh the sex instead of males they're females and you'll get some people whine and complain about that and then they'll do other things with the comedy and some people whine and complain about that and they might try and pull off some of the same jokes and people will say well it wasn't as good or they they screwed it up like right. why even set you're essentially you're in my opinion a remake sets itself up for failure unless you're doing something like that is ancient in terms of a story like um oh i had his name it just slipped uh, ancient stage writer wrote thousands of plays shakespeare um, Shakespeare. Thank you. <laughs> Unless you're doing something like Shakespeare, which yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Remake all like Shakespeare has been redone and remade billions of times anyway. So people don't really correlate and compare a Shakespeare film to the original necessarily. They, they might, I don't know. I'm not a big Shakespeare nut myself. I haven't read any <laughs> books. So maybe somebody does, maybe, maybe there are some Shakespeare snobs out there that, hate the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think when it comes to like made within our lifetime movies made within the last 50 to 70 years, movies that are classics that hold up. Well, why remake them? Why say we are remaking X, right? Just say, no, we're making this series, this show, uh, and it uses this trope and people might go, Oh yeah, this, this old movie used that trope. Let's see what they do with this trope. Like, yeah, tropes get used all the time. Here, here's an interesting, you're question not, you're not you. setting yourself up for failure by copying a trope. Right. Interesting question for you. How much of the, the magic of the original do you think you know, like obviously a large portion of it is can and should be attributed to John Candy and Steve Martin. Um, but how much of that do you also think is because this was a directed, written, and produced by John Hughes thing? Hmm. And for those who don't know, I, I and I don't know how you couldn't, but John Hughes... Uh, Mr. Mom, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, The Vacation Movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, Home Alone, Uncle Buck, yeah, it, Beethoven. It probably 
it probably plays a big part. Yeah, it's gotta. It's gotta. Like, how can it? How can it not? The man was a legend. He's got. I'm just looking at his IMDb, and it's like everything is classic, 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 classic. Yeah. yeah. Like you got you got everything from Christmas classics like this one, Home Alone. Uh, you got stuff like Beethoven. Yep. And Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Like it's all. It's oh, all perfect. Man. Dennis it's the all, Menace. It's crazy. This yeah. is a crazy list of amazing. The, the Great movies. Outdoors. Yeah, so I would. It's definitely like you've got. It's a trifecta of perfection coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the things we've been talking about a lot is the stuff happening over at Warner Brothers Discovery, which is. Um, the company that is sort of the parent company for the new DC studios headed by James Gunn and Peter Saffron. And there are some more shakeups coming. So it was just announced that Wonder Woman 3 with Patty Jenkins canceled. It's not happening. So I heard this news on Saturday. And at the time, when I had heard it, it was more the script. The script was unacceptable for um, the higher ups, and they wanted the script reworked for the new. Is it official? Like, and now, and then on Sunday, she kind of walked off the job. Yeah. So she, basically, she's not interested. I mean, but that doesn't feel like it's canceled to me. I, there's one like the way the. The YouTube video I watched breaking down the article was there's nothing confirmed here in the original art and the original kind of uh, news uh, release. They just the only thing confirmed was the script. The script was not accepted. That and then the rest, the, everything that I that people have said after that has pretty much been rumor and and hearsay because there's nothing substantial except for now the uh, the director has walked off and is not interested unless her script is her original script is taken right so so is it actually canceled like what is what i'm my question then is like is the source that you're reading saying it's officially canceled or there's just that the director is now left so, so would you like me to to, yes. to tell you the news story? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I just I wanted to I want I wanted to put that out and there I, as a clarification to yep. to see like is this official? Yeah, and I'll get there. So, yeah, okay. Um, it is now canceled. So, what had happened was, um, as we know, James Gunn and Peter Saffron are sitting down. They're meeting with the execs at Warner Brothers. They're doing all this stuff. They're coming up with their Kevin Feige MCU 10-year roadmap for DC, right? And um, with that, a lot of changes are going to happen, obviously, right? Because you don't you don't spend all this money, create a new studio, bring these people in to correct the ship, and then just keep doing what you've been doing. That's right. asinine. It doesn't make any sense, right? It, it's it's there's gonna be changes. And so 
Patty Jenkins, the director, had a script that they were her treatment for the film. They were ready to move forward on it, all this stuff. And then as the roadmap started to form, that script, much like what happened with uh, Edgar Wright in Ant-Man, right? For the longest time, Edgar Wright was going to direct the first Ant-Man. They had come up with a story. This was the movie they were going to make. And then some time passed. The MCU kind of took shape. Kevin Feige's vision sort of came into focus for where it was going to go. Kevin Feige came back to Edgar Wright, said, hey, uh, the movie that we talked about making no longer no longer Makes works sense. for the MCU. Um, so let's make some changes. And Edgar Wright said, no, this like this other film that we talked, that's the movie I want to make. And so they parted ways um, front in, in a peaceful, amicable way. It was just simply, that's not, that's not the movie I want to make. Um, mm-hmm. And so something very similar happened here where they said, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And Patty Jenkins basically said, okay, well, F you guys. <laughs> like, she, yeah. it seems like she was a little less amical, amicable about it. Um, and so it has been sort of indefinitely shelved right now. Um, the reports are also suggesting that the Aquaman 2 movie that we're getting, that'll be the last time you're going to see Jason Momoa as... Aquaman. Yeah. Okay. I heard that. Yeah. And that what DC is looking at is essentially a a full slate reboot of the DCEU. Are we still getting Flash? Flash will still come out. Yeah. In fact, they just moved the release date up by a week. Um, So Flashpoint will be like their hard reboot. Well, we don't know. We don't know if they're going to use that as, like, if we don't know if it's going to be a plot device or if they're just simply going to release what's already sort of in the hopper. If they sunk all this money into it, this will be, yeah, might as well get their money back. Yeah. And so what this pulls into question is things like, so what's the deal with all this news and speculation that we just had about Henry Cavill's Superman. Because here's the thing. James Gunn has said several times, it's become very clear that their priority moving forward is Superman. That Superman is going to be the figurehead of the DC universe. And... It never, we never actually officially see Henry Cavill came out, and the whole big thing was Henry Cavill's back, Superman, Superman's back. And technically, that's that was true. He showed up at the end of, of, uh, he showed up at the end of Black Adam. But something really interesting also has happened in that not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, Henry Cavill went and shot a couple of scenes, a couple of last minute like reshoot scenes so that Henry Cavill Superman would appear in the Flash movie that's mm-hmm. coming out like in 6 months. If not even. Well, those scenes are now being pulled. <laughs> 
Hmm. Those scenes aren't going to be in it. And so does this call into question, does this threaten the idea that Henry Cavill is going to be our Superman moving forward? And I say yes, and it should. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. We've talked about that. I think he's the best Superman we've had on screen. But if you are going to start fresh, if you are going to reboot this, you can't do a buffet-style, wishy-washy, pick-and-choose reboot. If you're going to start fresh, clean slate, then it needs to be a clean slate. And if that means no Henry Cavill Superman, then that sucks. But it will be for the best of whatever vision that they're working on and, and putting together and, and moving forward with. Yeah. Um, so in response to this, because this was so this was all sort of a, a report that came out in The Hollywood Reporter. And James Gunn, who is extremely active on social media, there's not a lot of people in Hollywood that are super active on social media. Um, there are a couple, and James Gunn is one of them. And James Gunn came out on Twitter and he said this. So, as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true. Some of it is half true. Some of it is not true. And some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. <laughs> we, we, wow, and it clear things up there, James Gunn. <laughs> we know we're not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in service of the story, which he put in caps, and in service of the DC characters, which he put in caps. We know you cherish and have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. Hmm. So, what are your thoughts? Is a reboot what is necessary at this point is just kind of, you know, cutting losses and and demolishing the burning house. Is that the way to go? And if it is the way to go, does that need to mean that it's, it is a complete new clean slate, that any of the characters that we have need to be recast, their stories need to be restarted, and we just need to, to move forward into a new era? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I would be sad to see Henry Cavill not as Superman. Uh, I would be sad to see, not see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in spite of how not fun. Well, it was all right. It wasn't, it was kind of fun. I didn't like 1984 as much as the first one. I don't think anyone did. Uh, but, uh, but they're like she portrays the role beautifully. Um, bad bad writing is not her problem; it's someone else's. Uh, so I would be sad to see, especially those two not. Oh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman is great. I like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Um, I can't. I don't know the name of the guy who plays Cyborg. I thought he portrayed a great Cyborg. So there, yeah, like. The casting for the current iteration of the DCU has 
almost been spot on for me. The, and the actors have portrayed the characters for the most part with the, with a few exceptions really well, but I am all for, yeah, like just whatever, whatever was planned, put it in the dumpster fire and let's start from scratch because what we have so far is a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I hope that James Gunn takes a page out of the animated movies that DC has been putting out. I don't know if Warner brothers been involved with the animated ones. I think they have, Yeah, they have, but, but they have been so good. Yeah. So good. Well, and James Gunn, uh, there's is- a few I haven't watched that I really should. Yeah, but like they're all just amazing. The Harley like, Quinn they did series, Flashpoint, is fantastic. They, they did, uh, they did the um, Dark Justice League was really good. Uh, the way they introduced Shazam and Black Adam was really good. Like it's just everything that I've watched from the animated movies has been spot on beautiful. Well, what I think they will do is because James Gunn worked very closely with nose and was sort of in Kevin Feige's side pocket for quite a while. Yeah. And one of the things that that Kevin has done that DC has not done up until this point, like if you look at the MCU, yes, there are some changes when it comes to the stories and stuff like that, but their main source of inspiration, what they really look to and really pull from for their story arcs is the comics. Mm-hmm. And they try and keep it not perfectly true to no, because you got to add some, you got to change some things up. But DC really hasn't done that. If you look at the DC movies that we've gotten, that it's kind of been, you know, oh, it's the characters from the comics, but we're just going to do our own stories. We're just going to make kind of make shit up as we go. Um, yeah. So I think that's a change that you will see for sure. Um, but yeah, James Gunn's a smart guy. He's a big DC fan. I think we will see moving forward. We're going to see a lot of like B B list characters sort of get some spotlight shot on them, much like he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, and get some Elastic Man going and <laughs> well, I, I you know we, we, you talk about you talk about James Gunn. And you're talking about the guy that within the last year gave us Polka Dot Man. Yeah. He gave us a Peacemaker series, an incredibly yeah. successful Peacemaker series. <laughs> right? So, like, yeah, I think I think for sure, um, for sure good things are coming. Also, I want to point out that for anyone who's, like, you know, panicking, the two things that won't be affected by this – I, I highly don't see them being affected by this at all because they're not actually a part of the DCU. We're talking, we're not talking about all DC properties being canned and rebooted and, and starting fresh. Just basically their their shared universe. So stuff like Joker 2, that that won't get touched. That's fine. The Matt Reeves's Robert Pattinson Batman movies, those will be left intact. Um, because they're not they're they're not actually a part of that other story to begin with, so fret not; those are still coming. They could potentially get well. I don't know about the Joker one. 
but the pet like one of those universes could get wrapped up into the, whatever the new universe is going to be highly I, unlikely yeah if it there it's because it sounds like they're doing a full reboot but. i hope not and so you we've talked about this you haven't seen the robert pattinson batman movie yet and you and i are no. going to watch it in like two weeks time um sure. but once you see it you'll very quickly realize this is a universe that needs to not have magic and aliens and mm. cosmic beings and like it it it's yeah it 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 wouldn't it wouldn't work it wouldn't it, it would just yeah it would soil soil the universe so mm. okay last topic and staying on sort of dc properties um We've talked about the Flash movie that's coming out, and despite all of the controversy surrounding it, um, one thing that everyone who has worked on it and everyone, all of the executives who have seen it have all agreed, this is a really good movie. Like, they've, they've made a hell of a movie, which is, I think, one of the reasons why, despite all the Ezra Miller stuff, they're proceeding to release it, because they feel like they've truly got something so wonderful on their hands. One of the things that I'm, not one of the things, the thing that I am most excited for about this Flash movie, something that for me is is has overshadowed every piece of movie news, including Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, for me personally, is the return of Michael Keaton as Batman. This has been like, just jaw-droppingly wonderful for me i'm i'm i am beside myself i can't believe we live in a world where this is happening (laughs) so it sounds like it doesn't sound like it's been confirmed that one of the things that was sort of happening behind the scenes at dc was someone was asked to write a script for a standalone michael keaton movie and just kind of see if it works and they wrote it and they liked it and they were ready to start working on it and then some of this new shakeup and the direction we're going in and the rebooting of things um, has canceled that project now here's the kicker have you heard anything about this movie no not here's done not a thing here's the kicker it sounds like it was going to be a Batman Beyond movie. That it was going to be Michael Keaton as old man Bruce. Ooh. And whoever else as as Terry McGinnis. Now that's interesting. It's interesting, but it's also strange because reportedly the one thing about the script that like if you think about it timeline-wise, um, it was going to be set in modern day. Oh, that's weird. It is weird, like, but but you would kind of, if you're going to have Michael Keaton as old man Batman and he's showing up as old man Batman in The Flash, unless you do some really screwy stuff where where Bruce gets sucked out of his own time and stuck in the future, but then it doesn't really, then like old man Bruce's motivations and stuff like that don't actually work all that well anyways. It kind of, with the setup they would have, it kind of has to be modern day. Um, if in modern day, he's already like in his 70s. But 
I don't know, man. I I'm disappointed not because it was not so much because it was a Batman Beyond movie because you know like it is what it is. Um, but I'm disappointed because it's it's a canceled standalone Michael Keaton Batman movie. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone who I've talked to about this are sad and and gutted because all they wanted was a Batman Beyond movie. And now it's not yeah, coming. Live action Batman Beyond would be mint if done right. But here's the thing. This is actually very exciting news. Because although this movie has been canceled, what it means is there are enough people over at DC that have Batman Beyond on their radar that it's at the table and it's a part of the discussion. Mm. This one's getting canceled because it doesn't, you know, because we're going to rework the timeline and the story and so on and so forth, and it just doesn't make sense to put this movie into production the way it's written. But I think the canceling, the discovering that there's a canceled Batman Beyond movie actually shines more credibility on the fact that we might get one moving forward. Yeah, I could I could see that. That that logic is I would say is sound. But I would also kind of caution any emphasis any excitement uh like uh temper that excitement because the likelihood of it coming sooner than later is next to none. If they're doing a full reboot, they're they're going to look to the the main characters, the the main stars of uh, DC Comics, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Well, so then they um, do it as a standalone because it wouldn't, it won't make, it won't fit I, the timeline. Standalone, I guess. But that, I mean, if you're focusing on rebooting, you're going to like when Pattinson's done with his contract, you're not going to see any more Pattinson Batman. When does Joker Two's done? I highly doubt you'll see any more from that that Joker in, in that. Uh, world like you don't see Marvel going out of their way to make these kind of standalone this is a completely different you I mean they are a bit now with the multiverse of madness nonsense happening but it's still even 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 with that out there now that there's a multiverse it's still set within the kind of canon and timeline and and world building that is what we've already kind of come to love. It's not, you know what I mean? So they're, I can't see them. I can see them doing it 20 years from now when they're at the position Marvel's at where we're getting legacy characters. Yeah. But see, the problem is, is 20 years. Like I think Batman beyond would always have to be a standalone thing because 20 years from now, it's still going to be, modern time it'll be modern times 20 years from now right and so in order to set something in the future it kind of has to be its own thing Mm. right otherwise it it's always going to muddy your timeline it's always not going to make sense because you're going to have to cast someone you won't be able to use the guy that you already have playing batman you'll need someone who's 40 years older I, I, I mean, DC's got its own multiverse, 
but I can't see them creating these alternate universes when they're trying to create a new timeline, a new series of movies that are all interwoven and connected the way Marvel is. I could potentially see them doing like a time jump movie, like a, like somebody gets sent to the future and Hey, look, it's Batman in a futuristic. Oh wait, that's not Bruce Wayne. Who is that? That's, you know, like I could see them doing something like that, but right. I can't see them doing like a Terry McGinnis origin story unless it's, unless they've kind of told all kind of run Batman through a gauntlet of uh, solo and um, team up movies. Right. First. Right. Yeah. It, it's possible. And then he's, it's time for him to pass the man. He's getting too old. His body's breaking down. It, it doesn't heal like it used to, you know, like you got to pass the torch. Yeah. Fine. You know, so I, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I love Batman beyond. I would love for what you're saying to happen with what they're planning, what it seems like they're planning here, I can't see it being happening anytime soon. Yeah. Because like I guess 20 the, years out. The problem is if you set it in modern time, if you set Batman Beyond in modern time, who does Terry McGinnis become? Who Who is Terry McGinnis essentially? I, I'm not sure what you, what, what you were asked. Like he's Terry McGinnis. He's Batman. He's Batman, Batman Beyond. But but really only if he's set in the future, because that's the kind of the whole appeal, you know, like his his rocket boots or like whatever it is. Yeah. In modern day, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond is basically just Nightwing. He's just Nightwing, but in the future and has future tech and is wearing yeah. the cowl instead of, you know, he's just not Dick Grayson. It's, yeah. the, it's, it's the same character. More yeah, or less. There's there's lots of interesting stories to be told around Nightwing, but I mean, there's lots of interesting stories that, even though Batman's one of the most cinematic characters that got that's gotten screen time in terms of other of DC characters, he's got most cinematic screen time. There's still lots more stories to be told about just Bruce Wayne Batman. Oh, for there's sure. Still lots of stories to be told about. Ooh, a his long sidekicks, a long like Halloween hardly, movie. Yeah, we've hardly touched on his sidekicks in the cinematic world and movies. Yeah, and this, like we barely touched on Dick Grayson, Robin. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Like, we need got, a Robin. Like we need we need I mean, to see Robin done right. Robin done right. Dick Grayson grow like. I would be with this kind of new cinematic universe being built. It'd be really cool. Yeah, see Robin grow growing up under Batman right off the bat. Jason Todd. And he steps away to form the Teen Titans. Now we got the Teen Titans films. And he becomes Nightwing through that. Like, and then we get Jason Todd. We get a dying. Red Hood storyline. Red Hood. Like, yeah, there's so as good as Terry McGinnis storylines are, I would much prefer to see Batman and Robin storylines played out first. Done properly. Yeah. Yeah, done properly. Cool. Well, that's it. That's the news. That's it. That's all. That's all the news. You thank are you. free to leave. Thank you Please so much. No, sh do sh the things. No, no, this is important first. Thank you for thank you for listening. You, you gotta you gotta thank them. You can just send I them was, off. I was just I was always gonna say I was gonna let you pick up the slack. Oh oh. 
Okay. Cause, cause you were a slacker. Is that? Yep. Yeah. Well, cause I, cause, cause you do such a good job at it. No McFly in the history of Hale Valley has ever amounted to anything, Carl. Your father was a slacker and so are you. It's a good thing I'm not a McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, check out our Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, Twitter, merch store. All of those things are listed down below. Um, and more importantly, reach out to us. Send us a message on Facebook, comment mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, send us an email, themoviemenpodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what your thoughts are on these topics. Are we out to lunch? Are these things that you're excited for? Did we hit the nail on the head? Tell us. Fight mm-hmm. with us. Argue a bit. What news did Brady miss that yeah. he should have put on the list? <laughs> so much, man. There's so much. You can't, like, we do the show once a week and, like, six new topics come out every single day. You gotta, like, cherry pick. Yeah through it all it's, it's tricky I'm sure there's something that came out in the last hour that we could talk that's, about that's why that's why the show is called the last week in movie news that way we don't we don't need to pay attention to what's going on right now we can just dwell on the past because oh good because that's healthy <laughs> <laughs>